Okay, we are going to look at this passage of scripture in Isaiah 61, and it is, um, we're going to talk about God's five insteads. And we all hit seasons where we wish something different was actually happening to us other than what is happening to us, the opposite to our current circumstance. So instead of sadness, we are hoping for happiness. Instead of hurting, we are praying for healing. Instead of pain, we are craving peace. And instead of anxiety, we are longing for calm. And this portion of scripture in Isaiah talks about God's five instead. So let's move. They've already got it up there. Let me tell you also who's back here. See, I got one more person I got to think. Aaron Bonamy. Lose. Who just did that? Her, his mother. That's who just did that. Let me tell you what, Aaron Bonamy is a teenager who I adore, and he is back there on his Saturday running slides for y'all. How sweet is that? How sweet is that? And I'll also tell you one more thing just because I can. His brother Cameron and my daughter Debra, they just got voted this week freshman homecoming prince and princess. What is that? And so when they walk out next Saturday on the field, see, this is how we get behind. Katie, I know what you're thinking. Katie is telling me to be quiet. We walk out onto the field. They walk out onto the field, and this is what they say. Cameron Bonamy, Dibber Wanderer, from the Mount Church. Ah! That's what they say! I am more excited about that than I am anything else, because when they say the Mount Church, I'm screaming my head off. My daughter's going to think I'm screaming for her, but I'm really screaming because they said my church's name. But anyway, stop, stop, stop. Here we go. Here we go. All right, let's. Y'all, I'm telling you what, Jamie Breath and Jessica Branch that are doing childcare right now, I am getting them grounds for life. That is what I'm saying to you. All right, let's go to first. Is this the first? No, wait. Let's go to First Peter 2 9. Because repetitiveness helps truth go deep into our minds. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. All right, let's pray, and then we're going to start. Father God, we love you. We're getting ready to talk about your five insteads, Lord, because you are a good, good God, and you want such goodness for your daughters. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for salvation. Thank you that you want such beauty for the daughters of God. We want to reflect that glory. We want to give you glory for your honor and for the good of your people. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's read Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3 and verse 7 together. The spirit, it's coming, there we go. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because of the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has set me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty, a crown of beauty. Could we have written this even? Beauty, that is our theme. Instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. So we're going to look at these five insteads that God talks about. The first is instead of ashes. 
And there's two things instead of ashes. It is the oil of gladness and the crown of beauty. So in the middle of our ash stories, oil of gladness, crown of beauty instead. The next one is instead of mourning is praise. The next one, instead of despair, it is righteousness and displays of his splendor. Instead of shame, it's a double portion. And instead of disgrace, everlasting joy. Now, when we are knee-deep in ashes and mourning and despair and shame and disgrace, how do we ever think that we are going to know gladness, beauty, praise, righteousness, his splendor, a double portion, or everlasting joy? We're going to find out. So keep your finger in Isaiah, and if you have your Bible, move over to Luke 4, verses 16 through 21. And we're going to read this. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me. This is exactly what we just heard out of Isaiah. To proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then, I love this, he rolled up the scroll. He gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Okay, so here's what I basically want you to know. He read all of that in Isaiah, and he like dropped the mic, and he went, it's me. I'm that. It's me. And so he tells us how we end up with, instead of ash stories, oil of gladness and beauty. Let's go there and show you. Instead of ashes... Jesus is the one who brings the oil of gladness because he's the fulfillment of what was said in Isaiah. He is the crown of beauty. Instead of mourning, Jesus is the one that brings us praise. Instead of despair, Jesus brings us righteousness. Instead of shame, Jesus provides a double portion. Instead of disgrace, Jesus provides us everlasting joy, which is eternity. So if we ever wonder how are the five insteads ever happening here, Jesus is the how to every instead. He is what happens when we are knee-deep in ash stories, mourning, despair, shame. He is the entire reason that we are then able to have everlasting joy, an oil of gladness, a crown of beauty, praise, righteousness. Because in this world, it does not make sense. If all of those hard things are happening, we should not be able to praise. We should not have a crown of beauty. We should not display his splendor and his righteousness. We should not have a double portion. In today's world, if something is going wrong and you have an ash story or you are living in shame or living in despair, the answer to this is Jesus. 
Jesus is what makes all of this possible. Because who we are at our very core is knowing that our identity is Jesus. And it is rooted in his word. Because what he said in Isaiah, just there he prophesied it and it came true in the New Testament. Jesus is the answer to us and our identity in knowing who we are in this world. We are daughters of the Most High God. So here is who we are. Instead of ashes of our circumstance, he brings gladness and crowns us with beauty. That is who we are. One of the commentaries actually said, it's that glow. It's that glow. When you know Jesus and you're in the middle of an ash story, he brings such gladness to your heart and crowns you with such beauty Even though you are in the middle of a horrible ash story, you can't help but glow because Jesus, you are his, you are his. You belong to him. Instead, inside of the mourning of our stories, Jesus produces praise in our lives. That is who we are. Inside of our experiences of despair, Jesus brings righteousness and displays of his splendor. That is who we are. Inside of our deep moments of shame, Jesus provides double portion. And in many of the commentaries, it says double portions of honor. If you right now are sitting in despair and you think there is no way out, our Jesus wants to give you double portions of honor, not of shame, not of despair. He wants to give you double portions of honor. Inside of our painful disgrace, Jesus gives us everlasting joy, and that's eternal. So that's not only who we are, but it's who we're going to be forever, because that is eternal. There are some of you that showed up today sitting in the middle of ash stories. Some of you that showed up today that are experiencing deep, deep sadness and mourning. Some of you showed up today and you have got disgrace and pain and you wear it almost like a necklace around your neck. That is not God's will for your life. That is not what he wants. He provided these insteads through Jesus. When we know and embrace the beauty of our identity in Jesus, we live differently. We move differently and we choose differently. We do not live as the world lives. We live as his disciples because we're gonna remember his benefits, that we are forgiven, that we are healed, that we are redeemed, that we are crowned, that we are satisfied, and we are renewed. We are also now living with crowns of beauty instead of ashes, praise instead of mourning, righteousness and displays of his splendor instead of despair, and we are living with double portions of honor instead of shame, and we are living with an eternity of everlasting joy instead of disgrace. That is our identity in him, and that is who we are in him. And what, ladies, what if we lived like this were true? Because it is. How would our marriages be different? How would our friendships be different? How would our jobs be different? How would our parenting be different? If we believed who we were in Jesus, that he does not want the worst for us, he wants the best for us. He wants to give us double portions of honor. How would that change how we live as women in our homes and in our community? There is beauty in knowing that our identity is in him. Out there at the gear shop, there's these little cards. And some of you may have missed them because they're little. Like everything else is like big out there. This is little. Now, 
This is probably, I will not say probably, it is the most important thing out there that we have, the most important thing out there. Um, because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that his word changes our hearts. His word, when it is inside of us, changes our thoughts, our minds. It helps us know how to live and to move and to walk with him. So this is what we've done. Not only are these cute because they are incredibly adorable, but they are powerful. So the first one, you just got a little note for me, but this is what these are. These are scriptures that remind you who you are in Jesus. They remind you. So you've got this on one side and then you've got the verse on the other. You put these in your bathroom on the mirror. You put these on your dashboard. You put these in your office. You put these wherever you can put these. You put these in your kid's lunchbox to remind them who they are in Jesus. You put these places because we are going to be women who love the word because the word reminds us who we are in him. So if you are going to spend any money this weekend, although you probably already spent some money, so sorry about that. But if you are going to spend any money this weekend, this $5 is what you need to spend it on because this right here is what we need in our minds. Like, I will tell you, I sometimes want to take verses like this and just like lay them on my head at night like osmosis because I want, I, I want to like, I want them in my brain. You want these in your brain because there are days that you are going to forget who you are. You're going to forget who you belong to. And life is going to be so hard that you are not going to be able to remember that Jesus is for you and not against you. So you take these scriptures, and I will say this, just like my scripture wall has ugly construction paper, we have made you something beautiful. So the thing I love about this um, on the front of it is there's a quote that Jen Wilkins says, and it says, the heart cannot love what the mind does not know. Here's what I will say to you. Our heart needs to be in love with the scriptures. Our heart needs to be in love with Jesus. And the scriptures tell us how to love him best. So the heart cannot love what the mind does not know. Get these in your mind and then they will transfer into your heart. It is time for us to be women who know the truths of scriptures and fall in love with the savior who gave us the sacred text. And I'm pointing to myself here, but it is time for us to put our phones down and pick the word up. And let me tell you why. Because in 1 Peter 2.9, it says this. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Now here's the part that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Ladies, if we don't know the word, how do we declare the word? We have, this is Jesus telling us who we are, but I am telling you, we have to know him in order to know what to declare. So let's get the word inside of us. We are going to have, uh, listen to a story from someone that's insanely important to me. Insanely important to me. Um, and so here's what, come on out, baby. This is my daughter, Ruth. Isn't she gorgeous? 
And I tell people all the time, I can say, you need me to, oh, am I having a problem here? Yes. I, you know, I could hear that. But then I thought, I better not touch it because I might make it worse. Um, <laughs> Katie's fabulous. Um, could you all hear it too? See, Katie, she just thinks of everything. Um, so here's the thing. Ruth is gorgeous, and I tell everybody this. Ruth is gorgeous, and I can say that wholeheartedly because we do not share the same DNA. But I will say this to you. She, beyond a shadow of a doubt, um, people ask about adoption all the time. And I want you to hear me say this from the depths of who I am. My three kids, uh, oh, we have a picture, don't we, Chris? Oh, let's show a picture. It's gonna be a fun picture. <laughs> you ready? It's, it's, your, it's your favorite one. It's your favorite one. Where is it? Oh, there it is. It's, it's the funny one. She's like, mm-hmm, it sure is, Mom. Okay. Oh, yes, here it is. Here it is. Okay, so let me tell you who these people are. If you want to sit in the teal chair, you can, because it takes me just a hot second to prep stuff. You know this. Yes, I talk a lot. Okay, so this is us. Now, here's what I will say to you. I did not want to show this at first, and then I decided I am not going to go there. But the, um, this part, I'm just going to say this really quick. This part of my arm, I call it the bye-bye. Because when I wave hello, it tells everybody else, bye-bye. You know what I mean? It's terrible. It's terrible. But, it's, but I thought, this picture right here makes my heart so happy. Um, so this is my son, Josh. He would absolutely die a thousand deaths if he knew that this picture was up here. He graduated a year and a half ago. For, a year and a half ago? I think so. Yes, she knows. I don't. Um, a year and a half ago, I'm still paying the tuition, so you think I'd know. Um, he graduated a year and a half from Liberty, and he is a filmmaker. Yep. He just got back from the Congo making some movie. That, yes. Okay, so that's Clarissa. She is always go flames. That's always go flames. Yes. And so um, this is my daughter, Ruth, and her beautifulness. This is my daughter, Debra, who is our youngest. Um, so uh, 15, 18, 26. And then, do you, what is this with my husband? Do you see this? I love him so much. I love him so much I can't even stand it. And then what is happening? We were sweating so badly. I just, I need you to understand this. So badly sweating. So this is our family. So Ruth is going to share um, her story today. And I want you to know, um, as a mom, um, this is the first time um, that Ruth has shared her story. So I need you to know, as a mom, I'm expecting, like, I'm like a mama bear in this a little bit. Like, do you know what I mean? So give me a little second here to mama bear this. I am so proud of her, I can't stand it. Like, I'm so proud of her because when we finished the last two years, what she's gonna talk about, one of the very first things she said to me was, mom, I need to, t to share my story with other people because they need to know there's, there's a way out and that God has plans that are bigger and better. And of course, I just wanted to sob all over the car when she said that. And um, when we started talking about this conference, she and I started talking, and we were like, okay, why don't I sit down instead of stand up beside you? Um, oh my gosh, I matched the chair. Do you see this? <laughs> Drew? Drew, are you seeing this? Anyway. Woo. Okay. So this is the first time that she has shared her story. So here's what I'm gonna say. You all, whether you are moms or not moms, I believe every woman invests in the next generation. So I want you to lean in and listen to her and know the bravery it is taking for her to do this because she, she is as amazing as they come. And I could not for one single moment 
be more proud that she is my daughter. And I could not for one single moment, I could not for one single moment say that, like, okay, so the ones of you that came up to me and said you didn't like hearing about that Eagle Molten story because it stepped on your toes, it was her that told me about it. <laughs> so here's what I will say about that. God is using her right now in my life to teach me things. And some of the things that come out of her mouth right now, I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for her wisdom because I needed to hear it. And she um, is doing that often. So I'm going to stop talking right now, and I'm going to let her share her story. And we're going to do that. Okay, so this is what's going to happen. Um, because Ruth and I, we do have a little bit of a tendency to ramble. I mean, I don't know where they're thinking that's coming from, but maybe a little. So she's going to read her story so that we stay concise. So she's going to read her story, and she's going to, there we go. I'm just, just going to stop. I love you. Yeah, I love you too. <laughs> All right. Um, when I was six years old, my siblings and I were adopted in 2011 by my parents, Susan and Ed Wander. I don't remember much in Ethiopia, partly because I was young and partly because my brain rejected a certain amount because it was too traumatizing for me to bear. That, but that moment was, but that memory was always in the back of my head because I've always felt the sadness inside of me. Once I got older and into my teens, that's when I started to feel the pain was getting to become more unbearable. My parents encouraged me to go to a counselor, but I refused. I asked myself, what's the point in going to a counselor and talking about my problems if I don't fully remember what's causing all this pain? Instead of getting help, I started seeking for worldly pleasure. I thought worldly things will make me happier and allow me to get rid of this pain I was bearing, but I was wrong. I was, I was so far wrong that worldly pleasure got me at an even worse position than I was in before. And all of this, I pushed God away. My parents saw my behavior and sadness worsen. They made a very hard decision to send me to a boarding school in Jamaica. I was so excited because, going, I, because I was going to live in Jamaica. How exciting was that? <laughs> I didn't realize any downside in living in a program because I was looking forward to living in Jamaica, a tropical island. I believe that God's protection, that was God's protection for a smoother transition. I was at the program for two years. In those two years, I had learned many things I could take with me for the rest of my life. The most important thing I learned there was my connection with God. I've learned the value and importance there is having a strong and genuine relationship with God. No matter what I did, I knew he could go, I know I could go to God because he won't judge me by my actions. He won't define me by my wrongdoings because he is the only one that truly knows me and forgives me. As my counselor said to me uh, many times at the program, if I loved myself, I would humble myself and allow the program to guide me. In order for the program to guide me, I would have to give up control and start trusting God and authorities. That meant that when things didn't go my way, I couldn't let frustration get the best of me and allow and start allowing God to fight my own battles. It helped a lot when I um, started talking to God about frustrating situations, communicating with my counselor, spent time in the word, wrote in my journal, and gave praise to God. 
The consistency of all these things began to transform my heart. One of these things, one of the things I struggled with was forgiveness. My birth mom's actions was the reason why my birth dad had to put us in the orphanage. I've always resented her for committing this action and for breaking apart our family. Her action brought me trauma, loss of trust, deep sadness, and anger. I didn't know how I was going to forgive someone who brought so much pain into my life. After talking about it with my counselor, I realized that forgiving her was the only way for this pain to heal. I can't change what my birth mom did, but I can choose how to react from it by forgiving her and moving forward. Once I started to heal, I worked on my connection with my family. Before, there was no trust between us, and it was because I felt like my parents would love me less if they knew all of me. I felt like they would understand, they wouldn't understand what I was going through in order for my pain to lead to the decisions I made in my life. With that, I didn't tell them what was going on behind my curtain. One day, I learned from my counselor that my relationship with my parents is fake if I'm lying to them. I learned that they only love a part of me and not the full me because I only gave them a piece of me to love. Once I realized that, I made sure next time I, was, I had a phone call with my parents, I told them the truth about me. Our relationship strengthened and trust started to form. As God healed my heart towards my birth mom, he started to heal the, my, my family. My family proved to me that no matter what I do, they will still love me and understand any, and under any circumstances. None of this transition would have been possible if it weren't for God. Daily, I would find scripture verses that would help me with each obstacle I was facing. I put God first no matter what and my pride last. I've learned that 10% of life is the things that happen to you, but 90% is, is how you react to it. It doesn't matter the number of things that happens to you in life. You can improve how your future goes by how you react to it. Right now, I am thriving. The pain I once knew is no longer with me because I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. <laughs> I want, to, I want to say all of this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for all the support and love I have in my life, especially for my family. Thank you. Ah. Love you. All right, all right, y'all sit down. Y'all gonna make me keep crying. All right, I'm gonna ask her a question in a minute. Um, but here's what I want to say to you. I'm sorry. Here's what I want to say to you. Y'all know. Y'all know. Here's what I want to say to you um, before I dive into this question with her real quick. If you are a teenager, if you are a single person, if you are a mom that is walking a road with a teenager that is in deep sadness, that is not an easy road to walk. If you are a person walking in deep sadness, that is not an easy road to walk. 
And what I want to say to you is this. When we widen the circle of influence around the hearts of our kids, God does miraculous things. Because we are not always meant to be everything for our children. We sometimes have to widen that circle so that professionals and those that know how to do what they do best. And what I want you to hear me say is this. You are not alone in this. COVID did a work on all of our minds, on all of our thoughts. And God wants better for his daughters. Ruth, the question I'm gonna ask you is, how cute is she? I mean, just how cute is she? I want you to answer this question for me. If someone is here today that is in a pit like you were in, and they are experiencing deep sadness like you were, what would your advice be to them? My advice is to not dwell in the mistakes that you've made because that's what um, leads you to be in a pit of darkness. We need to learn that um, the, the amount of mistakes that we make, it doesn't have to be, mis it doesn't have to, it doesn't, huh, sorry. You're no, you're good. It's not considered mistakes if we learn from it, but an opportunity to make correction. If we, if we start thinking in a positive light in every single situation that happens, whether something went wrong or we're the ones that made something wrong, we could live better, we could live a better life once we take control and react in a, pos a more positive way than what's expected to become. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Here's the one thing I will say. The one sentence that she said is that 10% of life is what happens to us and 80% is how we react. 90. Okay, 90. so y'all just got, is that how, did I it's say 90. right? <laughs> I am so bad at math, y'all. What is that? Well, say it again, Ruth. You say it right. I say it wrong. 10% in life is the amount of things that happen to us, and 90% is how we, how we react to it. That's, she sounds better when she says it, doesn't she? Here's what I want you to know. You get that for free. I want you to write that in your books because I want you to think about that. We have things that happen to us every day of our lives. We have crazy, like um, Ruth and I are on a social media break, aren't we? We're on a social media break because I needed calm to my chaos. And I was realizing social media was bringing chaos that was unnecessary in my mind. So I want you to imagine if we chose, what's the number again, 90%? Yes, 90% is how we react. What if we reacted correctly and in a Christ-like manner about things? Whether it was face-to-face, -face, whether it was on social media, whether it was in our families, 10% is what happens to us. 90% is how we respond. Y'all, there we go. That's the sermon for the day because that right there is good. Ruth Wander, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And I want you to hear me say this, and I'm gonna say this as your mom and as someone who has lived in ministry for almost 30 years. You are set apart for good works. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. 
and he has called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. And I could not be one ounce prouder of you, not one ounce. I love you.